2020 was wild. Yeah. Not enough houses, lots of buyers, low interest rate, um, competitive offers. If I had more houses, if y'all had more houses, we would have sold more. Yeah. So, um, and I think 2021 is going to still have a lack of inventory. So again, I'm here with Amy Hudson. Uh, if y'all have been following since day one, uh, she is a part of one of my first now. You're actually the first to come back that I've had on before. It was like two years ago, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was about a year, October of last year, maybe. I don't know. October, was that last year or 2000? No, it was 2019. Okay. Yeah. So I think we've come a long way. It just, just you know, from where we oh, were yeah, in the other office. Oh, your studio looks so much more professional yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. Cool, thank you. Yeah. Well, we've we've tried hard. We've invested a lot. We've debated a lot, and um, you know, hopefully, we've got something now. Um, we're still trying to figure it out, but you know, we've taken examples from other people and tried to make it ours and try to figure this thing out. So, we appreciate your time. Well, thank you I for really having me. Yep. So, let's just get right into it. What do you uh, state of the union? Remax Eight. How do you, how do you see real estate coming up in 2021, and how was your 2020? Um, 2020 was wild. Yeah. Not enough houses. Lots of buyers. Low interest rate. Um, competitive offers. If I had more houses, if y'all had more houses, we would have sold more. Yeah. So, um, and I think 2021 is going to still have a lack of inventory. It's just we didn't build houses in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. This is 2014 before we started building inventory again. And prior to the recession, there were small builders that could go and get a loan and buy a little house and an infill lot here and there. That didn't happen after we came out of the recession. All we had was really if there were any big track builders that bought the whole subdivision, which there's a few of those, but they sold out pretty quickly. Yeah. And there just wasn't a lot of infrastructure put in, and we're playing catch up on it now. So you think it it goes even back to 2008 when the real estate market tanked and and no one was building anymore, that those stats are showing up today? Yes. Yeah. Uh, That because we weren't building, because the millennials were graduating from college, they were 22, 24, they were going back home and they were living at home. So basically the household was doubled up. And as we came out of the recession, the millennials got older, they got some jobs, they wanted to move out and get a house. So that home, which had the nuclear family in it, now became two homes. But mom and dad didn't move. These guys had to go find another house. Well, where are they going to go? They're just, so where families were doubled up during the recession, and then the millennials got older, went on their own. Now they're 32, 34. They want to buy a house. They, you know, a kid and a dog, yeah. and they want to buy a house at two point seven five percent interest rate. Yeah, you know, and I don't blame them. They yeah, should. No doubt. All right, I I would predict that maybe a little bit of the same is about to happen. You know, there's fear in the market. There, it might not be a real estate bubble, but you know, it might be some other thing. You know, I mean, you know, the uncertainty of COVID. You know, might have these kids sheltering in place. You know, when they finish up with their schooling and not want to you know, get out in the world or, you know, move away from home and like take a job like hundreds of miles away. They can, they can work remotely. So that's actually going to help our industry because especially I think in the New River Valley, because 
Virginia Tech's here, Radford's here. Lots of people went to school here. Then they moved to Northern Virginia where they were in the rat race and they had an hour commute to get to their job. And they um, now they learn they can work from home. Right. So that gives them an opportunity to stick around here. They they can move back here. They can move back here, back to where it was easier for, you know, the 500, 600,000 you paid for a little tiny condo in Northern Virginia somewhere or even more. You can buy a whole house here. The school systems are good here. Life is a, just a whole lot easier. So I see the New River Valley being able to absorb those people that want to get out of Northern Virginia, but still work for companies in Northern Virginia and know that if you have to go to the office, it's a four-hour drive. You can do that. Yeah. Or you can take the train. Yeah. You can go, go down to Roanoke and soon, hopefully, uh, feels it'll like be this is becoming a little bit of a hub, a little bit of a satellite for Nova. Do you, do you agree with that? I mean, do you see do you see companies up there like, you know, th- they're trying to get Virginia Tech to to develop curriculum and I mean, you see big players, big industry, big tech companies kind of setting up shop in Blacksburg, don't we? We see Virginia Tech wanting to supply students to these big companies, i.e. Amazon. Right. Yeah. Pamphlet in the biz- business school has a lot of that in their future design. So you think that's going to enhance the opportunities that people here in the New River Valley have to stick around? Well, I think I think you're going to see people who graduated from Virginia Tech coming back here because they can work for their other companies remotely and still live here. Right. In an easy place to live and raise their kids. Gotcha. So. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm I'm always hopeful for that anyway. You know, I I don't want people leaving our area. I want all the talent to not have to feel like that they need to leave, you know. That and that's one. That's one of the reasons why you know we discussed this. That's one of the reasons why I got into real estate is because I thought that there was no income cap. There was no there was no ceiling to my income potential. I could be around the people that I love, that I grew up with, and the community that that you know I'm fond of, mm-hmm. and and really create a life here. So that's given a lot more people that opportunity to do the same things I, I'm I was able to do or are still trying to do, you know, because I'm not all the way to the goal yet. But you know, then you just set another goal. You just set another goal, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's encouraging. I mean, you know, there are some positive things. Uh, there are some positive things that have come because of COVID, in my opinion. I feel like evolution. You know, like electronic recordings. How many push? How many title companies were pushing back on diving into online electronic recordings? A bunch, and yeah. then as soon as that hit, and the courts were like, "You can't show up here," they were all in on it. Yeah, it did. It forced a lot of change that you know, people weren't ready to face until they had to have it, and then they're like, "How did we do this without it?" Exactly. Yeah. So, you know. I'm that type of guy too. Is like I'm trying to pull positive out of every situation, you know. I think that has to be a personality trait of most people that get into the real estate business, isn't it? Pulling positive out of every situation. Yeah. So there's there's so much turbulence and turmoil and yeah, emotion in the real estate in the real business. estate business. You you spend your time fixing problems to get people to the end to what their goal is and their goal is a successful real estate transaction. So your job is to fix all the little pieces of the puzzle 
that come along to get the complete picture, which is the, the closing. Yeah. yeah. Happy closing. Yeah. You know, there's some moments that, you know, there's just going to be someone that you can't make happy in this business. There are. Sometimes it's the personality type, and sometimes it's just the situation. There are things that you as the realtor can't control. Yeah. You know, it's it's not your fault that there was termites and $5,000 of termite damage, and there, there's things that you have to be the messenger of. And it's not your fault, but it does make someone unhappy. Yeah. And it, you, it's not your fault. Yeah. It's, and the way people are sometimes is, is they're going to take it out on you, even though it's not about you, even though it's not – your fault. That, that, no, but you just, you know, hold your head high. Yeah. Do the right thing. Get it to closing. Do the best you can. Yeah. And on to the next one. Yeah. 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 I just closed one today that, you know, um, I'm really proud of. That's my 81st closing of the year. Good. You know, Good number. Yeah, it is. Um, we're really proud of that. And I just want to, I just want to let you know. I mean, I've told you this before, but I want I want people I want people that are watching to really know that the freedoms that you've given me and the encouragement and you know um, guidance that you were you were willing to give me has made all the impact. I mean, it really has. Thank you. I appreciate that. That actually, on your list of questions here, you you talk about what what is success in the real estate world. Yeah. Well, Remax Eight motto or is that we're here to provide the foundation for your real estate success yeah and your real estate success is determined by you you know whether it's selling 20 houses a year and making enough money to take your family on european vacations or do what you want to do if that's what your goal is and you can achieve that i want to provide that foundation at remax 8 for you to do that Uh, or if you want to sell 100 houses I want to be able to provide that foundation for you. But it's not only you selling. When I say your real estate success at Remax 8, it's not just people selling. What if you are your goal is to be the best real estate photographer in the New River Valley, to be the best real estate closing coordinator in the New River Valley, the customer service representative? There, there are other parts of the business, not just the sales, that we have people at Remax 8 that are you know, enjoying and doing and achieving their description of success. So, yeah, I agree with that for sure. I think that, um, you know, I want to encourage anybody that is considering a career in this field to come talk to us. I mean, um, this, I, I really feel like this company is at the forefront of, Everything that's going to happen in the real estate in the future, like, you know, the the level of experience you have within your brokerage is, I don't think, can be compared. I don't think I don't think the, the level of commitment, the level of care that is put into this business can be matched at any other company. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I've been in the trenches for 26 years. And I also follow all of the national news and trends. So I want to stay abreast of what's coming down the pipeline, what things are going to change, what new technology technologies do we need to be looking at? You know, what's what's happening with iBuyers and you know, is that is that going to affect us? 
yeah, just staying on top of it so that you don't get blindsided by a change in the industry. Yeah. And some of the other companies probably aren't paying attention to that. Yeah. See, there's there's a there's something to this thing about being one step ahead. Being one step ahead is is all you've got to be. If you're five steps ahead, then you you might not you might not get the traction or like people might not understand you if you're that far ahead. You know, tell me about it. Way 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 back when when texting was First, just getting going, I spent a ton of money on those little signs that went on all my list on all the listings that said text to this number and you know the information will come to your phone. Yeah. Well, nobody did it. Yeah. I mean, but that was probably mm, 2002. Yeah. You know, it just people didn't so, make so, sense. So today, they would prefer to do that than actually have to talk to somebody. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But still, talking to people is really important. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, people get really frustrated when they're trying to get an answer right away and they can't get it. Yeah. So. And I built, you know, I built the majority of my business, as you know, actually calling people that didn't sell their property, like physically yeah. talking to them. Some of my biggest scores have been cold calling expired listings. Right. So, you know, if I was to text those people, they might not have responded. Right. But hearing my voice and and understanding the passion that I had behind this business and how I could help them. I think that that, you know, that was a key factor in me building, you know, a business that could hold, you know, 80 transactions a year, you know, or more. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I just feel like, uh, this has been so rewarding for me and like what I've been able to achieve. And I just, I just continuously give you credit for that, mm-hmm. and and I I want others to know that I want well, others to know. You work hard, that. Scott. You yeah. do. You work a lot of hours. Yeah. And you follow your plan. Yeah. You put your time in and doing your prospecting. You know, other people think the phone's just going to ring. You send out one mailer, and the phone's going to ring. That doesn't work like that. Yeah. You got to keep prospecting, prospecting, prospecting. And really, where I made big leaps in my business was when I understood the data. I. Not even understood it when I got the data. So w- once I realized that it was forty transactions or forty conversations per one transaction, then it became scalable. Then I could like track it. You know, I, once I knew that if I didn't follow up with a lead within five minutes, that I was going to lose them. Right. Once I understood all that data, I was really able to go after it. You know, I really started like being a student of this game. You know, and when I say the game, you know, this, the real estate for me is like the ultimate competition. You know, as you know, like I want the stats every month. I yeah. want, I want to know what everybody else is doing. I want to be informed of like who's who's coming. You know, I want to know who's doing what and how they're doing, just so I can kind of gauge where I am. You know, it's a competitive. This is my only last competitive outlet. You yeah. know. I didn't do well at golf. I wasn't fast enough to play basketball. So here I am in real estate competing. You know, that's that's how I see it. You know, how do you how do you go about things like that? Are you that competitive, or did, were you just blind to whatever you, whatever life you wanted? Were you just blind to it all? Um, I think as I've gotten older, it's become more of a 
I'm doing this because this is where I'm going with my life and this is what I want to provide for my family and those around me, which yeah. are the people that work at Remax 8. Uh, and you know, but before, when I was in my 20s and 30s, it was probably more of a numbers game. Yeah. It just changes with maturity. Now it's more about succeeding and uh, to provide for everyone around me. And I know that you know, success is going to come because I'm doing the right thing for everybody around me. Yeah. So the foundation's there. Yeah. Yeah. I I can see, you know, you know, as time goes, but I think the, the, the founder of Remax said at the beginning, he hated all of his competition, but then became friends with this competition as he grew older and, and, you know, he kind of yeah. mellowed out a little bit, I think. Well, you have a respect for them. They're trying to do their thing and take care of theirs, and um, there's enough business out there. Oh, yeah, that's For those that want to work. Yeah. Let's just throw some stats at them there since we, since we brought that up. Uh, you know, people think that when they come to REMAX, they're going to have to compete with us. You know, maybe. Maybe they think that maybe – th- maybe they would think that, you know, you doing 130 deals a year – might mean that they get a couple less, but I don't think so. I think I think when you look at the ultimate number, the people that the person that we're actually competing with is that non MLS agent, right? Really? The non MLS agent feels to me like the 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 one that we have to trim into when they're getting forty million dollars of sales volume and two hundred fifty deals. Mm. In in this year, that that's what the numbers are. Oh, I believe Over you. forty million. There's it's, no there's no competition between me and you, there's no competition between me and the agents in the office or even the agents at the other at the other firms when the, the number one agent in our association is non MLS agent. Yeah. You well, know? That's the other forty two thousand realtors across the state of Virginia that are licensed to sell in Virginia that know yeah. somebody in Blacksburg and they just come here and write a contract. Yeah. You know, and you know when they're not part of our MLS, you don't have to pay them a commission. Yeah. But, you know, because the commission is only for those that are participants in the MLS. But still, what are you going to – it's in your seller's best interest to entertain offers from everyone. Sure. Yeah. And and I would want to treat – I would want to be treated with that respect and and gratitude – as well, if I'm going outside of the association, I just don't think going outside of my extended network is is fiduciary to my well, client. No, that's correct. It's actually a violation of your code of ethics for you to try to work with someone or represent someone or represent a property that's out of your area of expertise. Yeah, that, that's that's it's a code of ethics violation. You are not doing the service to your client if you're trying to work with them in an area that you're not knowledgeable in. I mean, even even northeast past northeast Roanoke. I would be referring to Bata I would be referring – I would not go as far – you know, if, if I don't subscribe to your MLS, then I, I have – I have it uh, – I feel morally wrong to go into other MLSs that I'm not a part of and try to do business there. You know, how can you claim expert status when you don't have all the information, <laughs> right? How can you claim you know a neighborhood when you've never been in it? Exactly. You have to use your GPS to get there, yeah. and you get lost. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's always a good one. Right. Wait a minute, the realtor got lost. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Um, I feel like, I feel like you know, about an. I'm willing to travel 
about an hour away from Blacksburg. You know, if if I got to go one way for an hour for somebody that wants my service, you know, I'm subscribed to all the local MLSs. I feel confident. But if it goes beyond that, um, then I just I just refer it out to the people that I trust yeah. in these locations. Um, I think more people should do that, and I think I think that. Um, you know, we should do a better job with them. I mean, if people knew who we were, if more people knew who we were, they wouldn't be going outside of our area to somebody that they do know, right? Um, like a marketing. I, I don't think it's that they're going out of the area to somebody that they do know. They have a relationship with the realtor in a different area, whether right. it's a family member or their best friend or whatever. Yeah. And that realtor is doing the, the, their friend a disservice by saying, well, I can represent you in Blacksburg in a competing situation. No, you can't. Wait a minute. How can you even get down here and show the house or even video the house or do anything and know about the neighborhood when you're in Northern Virginia? And from when I put it in the MLS to the next 24 hours, I've got eight offers. There's no way you're, you can actually compete when you're in Northern Virginia. Yeah. At least just I mean, I don't think you could compete if you were in Bristol. I, if you were, if you were in oh. Southwest Southwest Virginia, and you weren't a part of the New River Valley Association, how could you come in here and and think that you would be able to fully educate your buyer to the to the severity of the situation? You know, like that. You know, I, I just don't see it being being workable. You agree? I agree. I, I've told agents from other areas when they call and they say, oh, I'm representing my friend and they want to buy a townhouse in Blacksburg for their student. I'm just like, good luck with that. Yeah. It's going to be really hard for you when you're not here. Yeah. So. Definitely. All right. So new agent contacts you. They want to come in and they they want you to tell them what to expect in the first year. What would you, what would you think is reasonable for the first 12 months for a, a new agent's production? Br- brand new agent's production. Yeah. They've uh, never been in the business before. They, they've come to you. Y'all have decided that we're going to work together. What do you think should be like the minimum uh, they would be able to do? One a month. 12. One a month. Yeah. yeah. And then the second year, two a month. Yeah. 24. Then the third year, if you can get up to three a month, 36 units, you're making a decent living. Yeah. Um, but it's going to take that long. I mean, every so often you see someone get in and they'll do – 20 something in their first year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if someone comes in one a month, they do the things we tell them to do by building their database, contacting their contacts, constantly touching them, uh, and then coming up with a marketing plan, sticking to the marketing plan. You know, a lot of agents do a postcard mailing over here to this subdivision. They do something over here, then they spend some money over here, and it's not consistent. Woo! <laughs> you gotta you gotta make sure it's consistent yeah so. i mean um i i feel like for me bringing someone on my team with everything that you know i can count i can probably count 20 deals that we just didn't get too fast enough yeah. and, and if i had somebody that that would equal that would equal far. Uh, so, so yeah, we're talking about two different people. We're talking about someone that's going to get in and do their d- own, do their thing own thing, versus someone who's going to get in and be a team, a team member. Yeah. To right. So you have the mechanism in place to create a lot of leads. Yeah. More leads than you have time to follow up with yeah. fast enough. Tragedy. 
I know, I know. <laughs> and because there's only one you, yeah. and you can't answer the phone 24-7. And when you're talking to somebody and that other call comes in, did it again. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you can't be rude and say, oh, i got to get this other call. It might be a lead. You know, you can't do that. Yeah. It's just there's one, one mouth. That's all you can do. Yeah. But to have another person where you can get that call to them or, you know, Two, two o'clock on Tuesday and this person wants to see and this person wants to see over there to have someone that you can feed those leads to, which is how I started my team. Yeah. You know, it's just when I got to the point where I was generating more than I could follow up and service, then I needed that person that would help service the clients. Yeah. And that's that's the, the next step. Yeah. Yeah. And you definitely got the model. I mean, we're we're trying to we're trying to implement the same strategy as you've put into place. Um, you know, it's just a it's a proven model. You know, it's a proven model. It's a model that's being taught. It's a you know, it's a model that that um, you know a lot of the big players that have achieved big success are are doing. Yeah. So, um, I never wanted to reinvent the wheel. You know, uh, I've never either. Not been. I've been I, I'm clearly not smart enough to reinvent the wheel, so I'm just trying to take what I like of it and like make it mine. I say the same thing. I've I've always go to conventions and, and take classes, and I learn something that someone's doing somewhere else. I take that idea and I bring it here. Maybe I have to tweak it a little bit to get a little new River Valley spin on it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's always been using an idea from somewhere else that just gets tweaked to fit here. Yeah. You've always been the encourager of get out of the area and it, go learn some things and bring them back and, and yeah. do the way that you want. That's how you, you brought the moving truck into town. Uh, yeah. I think right? it was 1999 yeah. when I got my first moving van. Yeah. I was also the first one to have uh, virtual tours. That was somewhere around 99 or 2000. And back then uh, there was um, no one around here that had the fisheye lens Right. Uh, camera so I had to use a company out of North Carolina and I would pay this person to come here wow just to make the virtual tours uh, of my listings to put on the internet and the agents around here the older agents which now most of them are no longer in business oh man she's doing that now we're gonna have to start paying for that too <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah. it's uh crazy how it's changed because now you can pretty much do it all yourself and you know if you got the iphone you can do a matterport 3d on your iphone now i have that the iphone 12 yeah. pro yeah yeah you can put it on the tripod or not even a tripod you can just hold it in your hand and just do circles yeah walk walk four <laughs> feet do circles <laughs> spinning around <in> yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's crazy though the technology advancements and yeah, it changes so fast. It really does. Yeah. You know, and, and so when, what I would tell a new agent is don't get um, analysis paralysis and not do something. Pick one technology. Pick yeah. one thing. Use it. Put it to work. And, you know, maybe you use it for two years or three years and then it becomes outdated. But that's that's the nature of the business. But you have to have it. You have you can't if you don't make a decision, you don't get anywhere. So yeah. just pick one. It's like when they come to me and say, well, which, which CRM should I use? Just pick one. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of them out there. They've been proven. You just pick one and use it. Because in two years from now, it's going to be obsolete or they're going to have upgraded it. Yeah. It's, uh, they're forever changing. Ever, it is. And, and I think agents get stuck trying to say, oh, what, what's the best um, postcard to send? Just pick one. 
You know, there's there's five different sites that are affiliated with Remax that you can go in, design your card, and hit the print button, put in your credit card number, and off it goes. So let's do the math real quick. If if they did twelve deals, right? If if a new agent did twelve deals, what do you call a brand new agent? Probably average sales price. Two hundred. You think they, as a new agent, or you think it'd be a little less? Mm. I think it'd be a little. I mean, are they going to be getting four hundred thousand dollar deals? They're certainly going to be getting like eighty thousand dollar deals, right? They, they will be on the lower end. So, okay, so make it one hundred and seventy five. Okay, one hundred seventy five average. And we're we're calling it twelve deals, right? So that's yep. two point one million in sales volume times point oh three, which is gonna be your gross. You're gonna in your first year on twelve units at hundred and seventy five thousand dollars, you're gonna gross sixty three thousand dollars in your first year. Yeah, but taxes and expense. You gotta take out taxes. We're gonna call that you probably spent at least thirty percent of that on your tax liability and your expenses. Well, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So let's just it, take or the, more. Let's just let's I just tell take, them to put twenty five percent of everything they make into a savings account and put it aside. Gotcha. So that they have that to pay their taxes, and then run your business and your personal life on the seventy five percent that's left. Yeah. That way, when you get to tax time the next year, you're not going, "Oh crap, I didn't save." So, enough. what percentage do you think that they would be putting out to get their CRM to get their to you know to get all the tools? Well, that it, they it, need? at Remax, so you can use Boosh. Yeah. You, you have can. it built right into to Remax. All your design center stuff is all in there. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty turnkey. Without you can make your own website. All that is is done in Boosh, so you don't have to pay another provider for that. You can do it. Yeah. You, you just have to learn how to use the tools at Remax. So I think I think it would be safe to tell them that they would be netting around probably thirty. Uh, yeah. If they made sixty three, net in a- their pocket, a- a- spendable. After, after if you really sit down and look at it, you know, what you spend in gas and car maintenance and cell phone bill. Cost of being in business. It's cost of being in business. Yeah. yeah. So tax liability plus cost of being in the business. If you made sixty three in your first twelve months, you're going to take home thirty that you can spend. Yeah, pretty safe. Yep. Okay. The the, the catch is is though the next year if you sell twelve more, your base expenses are still going to stay close to the same. Yeah. So you're going to have another sixty thousand dollars in income, but your expenses won't be a, an additional thirty thousand on top of it. So it's the the numbers. The right. more you do, but your fixed expenses stay the same. The more you make. Yeah. I think I think my problem has been is that I want to keep adding on tools. You keep spending <laughs> shiny yeah. little toys yeah, like, like this. Oh, like, like I took it again. I mean, you know, I am all in to freedom. That's all I care about. I'll spend and spend and spend until I get across the finish line of freedom. That's it. Like that. That's for me. Like you know, I don't so have. What any, do you consider freedom? Uh, a sustainable, predictable business. That's bringing in probably over a million dollars gross. So, so once we get there, then I can start looking at how much did I have to spend to get there, you know? Because I'm I'm all top line, I'm all top line focused right now. So when I get to the top line goal, I can see what's at the bottom line. At that point, I mean, I've got my yeah, I've got I mean, my you, eye but on you it. You have to sit back sometimes and say, well, I'm spending. You know, t- take your credit card 
and yeah. look. Oh, at I do all of my numbers. I this year specifically, we've gotten really good on like where the money's going, yeah. how much I'm spending, how much we're making. Like we're starting to get bottom line focused. But for the last five years, it's just get big. It's just it's just focus top line revenue, get yeah. big, figure out the problems with getting big, try to identify those and get better at the problems that we have or fill in someone that can take care of those problems. So leveraging people, getting to the top line goal, and then figuring out where the net money is. So that has been the strategy. That's kind of a gunslinger mentality. But, um, but yeah, that's been, that's been how we've done it, is we've just been willing to risk it all. You know, and at some point in this business, you do risk it all. I mean, you're gonna. Well, you're on commission. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you were the, you're a good example of someone that was willing to risk it all. I mean, look at what you've been able to achieve. Um, you know the the you know the building over there. You know the getting through the tough times in 0809. Like you yeah. having to deal with all that. That was tough. Yeah. I mean, you know. I told. That, that land, I bought it in 2007 where the building is. Right. And I had planned to build the building in 2008. And you were expanding. You were you were actually expanding branches and, and you know, taking was, up space in Christiansburg and yeah, things like that. Yeah, we tried that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the recession was tough. Yeah. So, you know, you had to do what you had to do to survive. And, you know, now look at – I just, you know – you know, I've done a lot of hard work. I probably don't give myself enough credit for. I think probably I feel the same about you. What you've been able to achieve, like you should be proud of that. I am proud of it. Yeah, I am. and and I'm I'm proud to have all of the people that are working for me, whether they're agents or whether they're my staff. Yeah, yeah. I want to provide a good place for them to be. Yeah, well, you definitely they can have. succeed. I feel like. Um, like I said, we'll just we'll just kind of this is the summary of this story is I feel like people that want to think if if you think that you want a life in real estate, then we we got to talk to you. Like we've got to we got to at least sit down with you and see if it's a fit in some way. It's so. real estate's one of those things you you get in and you know probably in the first 2 months whether it's something you really like. And you're going to roll with it, and you're going to, and it's going to become your life, and you're going to enjoy it, and you'll be successful, or whether it doesn't fit for you. And I, I've had a lot of people come, and they they get their license, and they work for a week or two, and they're like, ah, this is just not me. Yeah. And one of the things I I have done with um, people that want to get in is say, okay, well, come follow me on some appointments for a few days. Look what I do. Come listen, sit at the office, listen to what's going on, and see if you even like the environment. Because there's some people, especially those that are a little more introverted. Um, that are like, whoa, this is way too much talking for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Scott, you got anything? Any questions? How's the, how's, what's the runtime here we got right now? Yeah, we've been going on about uh, 30 minutes. Um, and we've got some feedback from Kaylee and uh, Kelsey. So people are just saying like, oh yeah, just pick up the phone and hit the streets. Uh, mail can't move as fast as you can for local marketing. Well, I mean, you know, Facebook, you know, this Facebook stuff is uh, is really powerful. I mean, the uh, the amount of reach we'll get um, just from doing this, you know, we'll we'll be able to hit, you know, 300, 400 people. This is the best door knocking you can do. You know, if if you want to blanket an area, this is the fastest way to it. 
So I would encourage you to do a little bit more. Yeah, I know. That actually is on my to-do list for 2021. Yeah. And to put more personal things about me, I've been very private. I don't post a lot of things, what I do with my family or where I go. Yeah. Uh, And I made myself a promise that I would share more of my personality, my my me, Amy, on on Facebook at least to start with. What what I want to have at some point is someone actually following me around with the camera on. Like that's what I want <laughs> no. eventually. And you should do some stuff like that, like little clips like if you're in a, an appointment or you're in a staff meeting or something, you ought to have uh somebody with the phone on just just to capture like there's there's probably one great moment in every meeting that you have. And if it was captured in the public seeing that moment it would be a big impact it would it would be a major impact i don't think i want somebody following me around with the camera yeah although i will tell you this weekend on saturday um i had this epiphany about um student housing and showing people that blacksburg has really changed because a lot of people haven't been here in in a year with covid and all of the new student housing that is underway so I got in my car and I drove around and I made a little video montage of all of the different places that are under construction. I'll send it to you. Yeah, send it to it, me. It, it's uh, it, it's pretty good. It's pretty impressive because Blacksburg. There's places that doesn't it doesn't look like Blacksburg anymore. Yeah. So. Do you have a TikTok account yet? No. <laughs> I got a TikTok ring though. I got yeah. one of those lights. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you. I mean, here's the game: is attention. Attention is our game. We're salespeople. We're trying to we're trying to have people understand what we do, who we are, and be a source of value to the people. And wherever the attention goes, we've got to go. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it uh, unfortunately for us, attention it doesn't. Uh, we we just got to follow where they where they go. We got to be we got to be where the attention is. To survive, to, to remain that one step ahead, right? If it's if it's to be if it's to be that one step ahead, we got to be there when we need to be one step ahead. We can't be a couple steps behind. No, right? So, I would tell you to like you got some you got so many people on staff. Hey, create me a TikTok account. See what's trending. See if you can create content around. Like that's what I'm trying to get these guys to do. Like we're debating it. We're trying to get that to. Like that's our plan for 2021 is to be in the moment figuring out like, all right, this is what's trending. These are the shots we need. Let's see if we can't get those organically type thing and then put the content out there. So like that's our strategy, you know, and I'm willing to share that with anybody and everybody, especially you, because I need you to be a step ahead of everybody too. So, yeah. um, speaking of how many employees Amy has, you might want to ask her um, how she gets agents and how she's, manages to keep them right well i think we discussed that i mean you know she's built all right so let's just ask let's just ask that question are you are you mic'd up or no oh i'm not mic'd up. okay so the, so the question is how do you how do you go about your recruiting strategy to get people in the door and what are you trying to do or what do you think your company provides to retain the people that stay and i think i've, I've hit on the the freedom that you supply you know like the scott bun division would not be here if you didn't allow me to take this space and and well, it'd be creative in how you you want to grow your own business yeah but i'm still 
behind you when you have questions and, and there to answer and guide. Pretty much the most important thing is that you're beside me if something goes wrong. Yeah. You know, if 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 you need to fight, you need you need to fight on my behalf. You're willing to do that. If you need to, I'm going to train you not to make mistakes, so we don't have to have things go wrong. Exactly. Right. But even 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 if I'm doing something, you know, like I'm not coming to you to ask for permission for everything that I do, too. No. So if I go off the path, and there's a moment that you need to be like concerned for me or try to get me I back call on, you. yep. You, and and we debate that, and even if you don't necessarily agree with me all the time, you've still if I'm if I'm right. If I'm in the right, even though you don't agree with maybe something that I've said or done, you still support the things that I said and that I'm doing because you allow freedom. That's it. That that for me is the biggest thing is you've let me grow the way that I've wanted to grow you, and you, take the risk on that I wanted to take. Yeah, you you will grow your business around you, your personality, and the direction that you're going. There, you you go in sometimes directions that I wouldn't go. Yeah. You know, but it works for you. It wouldn't work for me. Yeah. But that's one of the pretty things, the beautiful things about real estate is, is there's so many different directions and so many different tools you can use to to have success. Yeah. And it's, it's not one cookie cutter recipe. I think the people that will find major success in this business is when they when they accept and love who they are and they're willing to be that in public. Well, that's true. The, the, the public knows when you're not yourself. Yeah. So you saying you would not do some of the things that I would do, it's because that's not you. It's not my personality. You do the things you do, and that allows you to be successful in your way. I do the things that I do in my way. You allow that to happen. That's the biggest part about it is you give the freedom. You're not worried about – unless I'm not following the rules. If I'm following the rules and I'm above board in the things yeah. that I'm doing, you're all about the freedom to do it. So that would be my answer for you is, in my experience, you've allowed for that freedom to happen. So that's that's um, that's my take on it anyway. Anything else? I think we're all set. Cool. Sounds good. Well, thank you for all having right. me. No problem. Thanks for being here. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. It'll just be me solo next week. Um, we've got like 160 subscribers now. I got – that's not a big number, but, you know, it's better than nothing. It's It's not zero. So we're like, we feel like we're getting a lot of like people that are engaging with us. You know, like we could get a million subscribers, but they're not engaging with us. Uh, the 160 that are involved now, like we're really proud of that, even though that's like not a big number. But it will um, grow over yeah. time. But thanks for your time. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, Happy we'll Christmas. have you. We'll, yeah, Merry Christmas. We'll we'll uh, we'll have you back another time. 2021. Yeah, sometime in 2021. Yeah. Another good year. Yeah. See you guys later. Merry Christmas.